0: Week four of the De-Stress Diets expert support podcasts. First of all, a huge congratulations to all of you on making it this far. We're delighted to be able to support you from the first and probably toughest transition phase of the plan into this, the true change phase, which goes from week four to week six of the De-Stress Diet six-week plan and will constitute the next three weeks. Of your life, basically. So, by now, we hope you're probably feeling more energetic and focused, and possibly with fewer sugar cravings than you had before. And this podcast is designed to help you manage all that newfound energy. I'm with my co author, Charlotte Watts, nutritional therapist and yoga teacher, tonight. Hi, Charlotte. Hello, Anna. So why have we dedicated a whole podcast to the topic of energy management during week four of the six-week plan?
1: Well, this is an issue that I see uh, come up really quite often and it's something that particularly needs talking about to people who may have felt they were quite lethargic before, even have symptoms of more kind of entrenched adrenal fatigue where they really have found it difficult to either be motivated or have the energy to do things it's incredibly important that when you suddenly get this new surge in energy that you know what to do with it how to move it in the right direction so you don't just basically suddenly use it all up and put yourself back into that tired phase so you're not just kind of doing a kind of longer version of highs and lows that you're you're not kind of going around in new longer circles so it's really important to look at how you were just simply using up your energy before and looking at how you might have been just running things on too high a level, expecting yourself to be too much to be doing too much when actually what you really need to be doing is saving some of that energy for recovery, for you know, your body to heal, for your body to be able to be at its optimal health.
0: You mentioned adrenal fatigue, now this is something we talk a lot about in the de-stress diet book but for the readers that can't remember or aren't familiar with the term, what is adrenal fatigue? It is
1: literally where you have been expecting your body to react. Um, to be on kind of constant alert, to even go into that fight or flight response just to, to kind of modern day stresses around you. So it's when you've been expecting all of those reactions and basically your adrenals have been pumping out hormones that keep you in that heightened state um, and eventually they get tired and you get that state that we call adrenal fatigue um, where they can't keep your energy up anymore and you feel things like Fatigue, and it can be to that point where you really feel like you can almost kind of you you need stimulants to keep going. You need sugar to keep going. It's not just you know a little bit tired because you realistically have had a very busy day, but really, I mean, a lot of people will see things like they get home from work and they just can't get off the sofa once the stress hormones come down have propped them up all day then there's a a feeling of a crash or a crash at a weekend or that feeling of leisure sickness when you go on holiday where you crash and your body starts to try to clean up all the things that it, it hasn't had the energy to do before
0: can you just define what the adrenal glands are
1: The adrenal glands are two glands that sit just above the kidneys um, and they are told by the brain whenever the body is asked to go into a heightened state, um, particularly in response to perceived danger. So really they're there to, to heighten everything up, to get you ready immediately for danger. Uh, And traditionally, you know, our ancestors and animals in the wild, that would have been for things that are true physical dangers. So someone running at you with an axe or, you know, someone trying to steal something from you or, you know, it's that fight or flight response. So something where you would be expected to either stand and fight, um, you know, possibly, probably for your life or run away from that. So it's a very, very heightened response. And you can see, you know, with that, bearing that in mind, that it's going to use energy up at very, very high levels.
0: Uh, I have a real personal um, story about this energy management situation. I know myself in the past when I first went on the de-stress diet, I was so excited by my newfound energy, which must have happened around week three, that I scheduled all sorts of things in my diary starting from 5 a.m. each day well into the evening past 9 p.m., working, filling out my diary, going shopping, doing this, doing that. And within a couple of weeks, I was tired and stressed and basically back to where I started from. So tell me why we need to learn to conserve our energy even when we're feeling great.
1: Well, exactly. That's a very common pattern as well, particularly if someone's been running themselves kind of into the ground, maybe not really noticing because they have got so used to running on those high stress hormones. And It's not a particularly efficient place to be. People really think it is an efficient place to be because you can feel like you're always doing stuff. So you must be getting stuff done. But actually, a lot of that comes from maybe filling your time with too much stuff, expecting too much of yourself. Um, And then when you do suddenly get tired, other things that you maybe mean to do that just keep life you know, ticking over, get left by the wayside. So what a lot of people find is that when they do suddenly get some energy, that they want to sort out their lives, as it were, um, or do the things they meant to do, uh, which obviously again just uses up energy. It's the opposite of not doing, um, and we do tend in life to feel, you know, in the twenty first century that we always need to be doing, achieving, and if we're not doing and achieving, then you know, what's the point that we must be wasting time? But so much of this is is about recovery and about restoration and about really learning to respect the fact that if you don't recharge the batteries, you can't expect to just kind of keep running the machine. It will, it, you know, things have got to give. It's that idea of if you you know keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, then you know that's the, the definition of madness. It's it doesn't make any sense.
0: From what I've learned um, in working with you to write The De-Stress Diet, I see energy conservation as a series of energy bursts and rests, energy bursts and rests. Could you tell me first if I'm right and why we need that sort of ebb and flow in our energy? Why can't we go full kilter?
1: Yeah, I, I... I'd maybe take issue with the word burst there because I think that sounds like something that's quite um, highly reactive. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we're really looking for is that idea of balance. So yes, we have to have more of a, you know, slightly heightened energy where we use energy up where we might, you know, be walking, we have intention to get stuff done. But then once that stuff is done then you know there is an inherent need to recover from it to be able to recuperate energy you have to think maybe maybe you have to think of it maybe as the idea that you have a certain amount of energy to use up only so if you've used some up you then have to have a period where you recuperate and also that the, you know, the things like sugar and stimulant, stimulants will use up a huge amount of energy very quickly, which is why people have those extreme crashes. And the idea is that we level out the highs and lows as much as possible. So rather than that kind of, kind of like a very steep roller coaster going up and down and I'm doing a by high roll, it goes to hand movement, which you clearly can't see here. <laughs> but the idea is that it's much more of a you know slow, gentle up and down curve, but also that you do recognize when you need to stop. So maybe you're seeing yourself running around town, um, and you've got that want to keep shopping, keep going. You know, there's somewhere your brain has taken over control and you, you, you're disconnected to your body. But actually, if you if you stand and Stop and breathe and look. Then you find out that your your legs are tired. You're hurting. You can't catch your breath. You've lost the plot in in some way. So to sit down and have a rest and just a catch up is a is a very good thing. It's the right thing to be doing. And it's that kind of connection and intuition that we're really looking to connect with in the de stress diet.
0: So what are three small ways that we can help conserve our energy each day?
1: One of the first things that's really important with energy conservation is to consider rest as something that is as important in its own right. So it's not about being lazy. It's not about not doing. It is about actively resting. So that doesn't mean opting out of movement and exercise. It means that yes, you need to have that spontaneous movement as much as possible that we we talk about in the exercise chapter in the book, you know, getting as much walking in, take the stairs, all that stuff. So you're, you're not just being sedentary. But within that, then you do actively rest. And when you rest, it's with awareness. It's not just, slumping you are aware of your breath you are aware of your posture and you can feel and you can really take in how that rest really nourishes your body another thing that's really important for energy conservation is noticing the things that do really rob you of your energy and this is where the progress charts are really helpful to to make note of that and to notice that you might think that say that sugar that stimulant gives you energy immediately but that energy is a really jangling false quick fix instant gratification energy and ultimately it robs you hopefully now by week 4 that's something you'll have noticed um, and you'll be able to make connection with something you know a few hours after the event you know a f- few hours after you had the coffee the sugar then you'll see that you have the slump and it's actually making note of the bigger picture that really helps us with this energy conservation because you see that actually it's a bit of a false economy you know you you put in something that gives you that energy that's kind of jangly it doesn't serve you really well it doesn't make you feel focused and uh really productive it just gives you a quick quick jolt really um So hopefully that's that's somewhere where you're kind of on your journey with at the moment.
0: And just for readers' reference, um, the first thing you were talking about, which was the importance of relaxation, there's plenty of techniques in chapter 11 of the book, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. And this really brings me back around to point three as well, because being aware of the breath is one of the most important aspects in energy conservation. If we don't breathe in a an easy efficient way then we're using up lots of energy for something that should be really energizing us Um, for instance if we're just used to not breathing kind of down into our lower body then we can waste lots of energy lifting our shoulders breathing up and and keeping muscles tense which uses up a huge amount of energy Um, and if we're not really fully breathing in through the nose, and we're not oxygenating the body full enough, fully enough. So it's really important to really let the body find that best efficiency for energy that it's always looking to do. It's just that stress can really get in the way of that.
0: If we're coming from a background of real extreme exhaustion, and we're not exactly feeling that we have our energy back in week three, is there anything we can do, um, perhaps in the form of herbs or? Um, anything really that could help us?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's really important to say it used to be kind of believed that people should, whenever they're feeling that kind of level of adrenal fatigue, they should just kind of take to bed and try and recover that way. But it's really starting to be understood now that we we needs to keep moving um not to a level that exhausts just exhausts us more but to a very body mind intelligent way that keeps circulation keeps oxygenation flowing keeps us moving towards somewhere where we, where we can start producing our energy naturally um, and the way the best way to do that is really building up some walking every day. So it doesn't need to be huge swathes, of, you know, you don't need to go for a three mile hike, but you do need to keep moving. So even if it's a 10 minute walk you know, every few hours, just something that really, you know, energy begets energy, it creates it. Um, but what takes it away is going into the stress response. It's what we call sympathetic dominance, um, where the nervous system goes into that fight or flight all the time, that constant alert, and that completely drains. So so finding movement that actually helps bring that re- heightened reaction down can start to have the opposite effect. The other th- other things to consider are you know, and we we talk about this at great length in the book. Uh, any supplementation where we a might not have been um, getting the full amount of nutrients that we need in our diet. Um, And things like vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, omega oils are called essential because the body cannot make them. uh, And we rely on them for body mechanisms for all of our metabolic pathways to work. So if we're running the body at a heightened level, we use them up at very fast levels as well, particularly things like B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium, all the things that we need to cope with stress, we use up very quickly in the stress response. And then you get that vicious cycle where you don't have enough resources. Now, we want to put those back into diet predominantly, but in in modern food, it can be difficult to get those in. So particularly as well, if you're vegetarian and you might not be getting quite the requisite amount of B vitamins or might particularly B12... Um so look at the book and those those very specifics.
0: Okay, there is one thing I'd like to just um tell the listeners here is um, I had a really deep level of exhaustion before I went on the de-stress diet and one thing that I found um, really useful was the concept of small and often when it comes to exercise. I used to think I had to go to the gym for an hour and I'd go and do a bums, tums and thighs class and I literally couldn't do anything for about five days after because I was so sore. And when I discovered the de-stress diet um, workout, which was literally only 15 minutes, it meant that it didn't cost me my energy, which now means that I want to do it. And it's actually increased my energy over time. So I look forward to go to, to going to the gym and I've over time been able to increase the weights that I lift and increase my walking time. Um, so... It really is true what you said, energy begets energy. And it's something I didn't believe. I thought the only answer was lying on the sofa, but, but it's clearly true.
1: Yeah, and this idea that we, we, we spend our lives kind of vacillating from one state to another, you know, this, this idea that we're sedentary and then we, that we go and shock the body, is just not how we're designed to move. You know, our body expects to just be moving all the time. It's not that we're you know necessarily built for really really high activity, but we're absolutely not built to be sedentary. Our circulation, our, lim- our lymphatic system uh, needs to keep moving all the time. Our circulation has you know heart to pump it, but our lymphatic system relies on motor activity, us moving around. And our circulation, you know, our heart needs strong calf muscles to keep us you know circulation pumping back up to the heart again from the lower extremities. All of these things are really crucial in terms of just like you said that intelligent way but also what's really important about what you said is that you enjoyed it you didn't have that kind of that feeling where you were setting yourself up to fail if you didn't do that hour then you'd feel guilty and whatever you do has to be something that you can enjoy and therefore you will keep up long term and on the exercise note as well um charlene hutzup has done us a really good set of points that you can look at to see if you're exercise is exhausting you You yeah you should feel energized not exhausted after exercise
0: absolutely and uh, I can assure you it works my clothes are looser than ever so I thought oh 15 minutes what difference is it going to make but the point is you actually do it (laughs)
1: yeah you do it and and you probably don't do it in a stress state you breathe easily and you oxygenate well it's intelligent there's such an idea that you know you go and bang your head against a brick wall and the more you do the harder you do it the more it must work but what it just really doesn't work like that it's it's that's not a kind of intelligent system energy is about efficiency not about you know banging something into the ground till it's just exhausted and on that note a really important point um if you are at a point of adrenal fatigue and we mentioned this um within the the supplement program the six-week plan as an optional extra are adaptogenic herbs um and these are herbs that can support the adrenals in a way that is it gives them a little bit of a challenge Um, so the body gets a a little bit more resilient Um, so they're worth trying but a good way is to go to a herbalist to do that or you can buy kind of safe amounts within uh, herbal, herbal supplements
0: what's an example of an adaptogenic herb
1: Um, The ones we mentioned which I find particularly good with clients that don't tend to cause agitation um, are rhodiola and romania and shizandra and ginkgo biloba.
0: So how do we know how we're going Charlotte? How do we know what effect all this that we're doing is having on our minds and bodies? I mean most of us just go along with life. We don't actually have a lot of time to stop and think about how we're feeling
1: no exactly and it's it's we don't necessarily want people to be thinking loads and loads and loads and getting up into their heads rather than kind of really connecting down with their bodies but this is where the progress charts are very useful and also um as you move into the second phase of the six-week plan uh at the end of the six-week plan chapter in the book, there is, uh, and on the website as well, within the six-week plan, there is a a reflective journal. So there are some questions that you can just have with you, look at uh, back over again, but make you just kind of think about where you are, evaluate what you've been doing, has done in terms of change in your body, in your diet, in your lifestyle, uh, and, and where you might need to look at extra bits of change.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's all really useful information. If listeners would like further information on any of the um, topics we've spoken about tonight, where can they go?
1: Have a look in the De-Stress Diet. We mentioned this all the way through. It's something that we always want to get you back to, which is finding intuition. Do use the progress charts. Um, It's really important for you to identify areas where you might just be mindlessly using up energy. I mean, you know, we can get a little bit addicted to doing things like maybe Facebook late at night when actually you could be, you know, doing some yoga practice or maybe sleeping even. (laughs) You know, just identifying those areas where you get a little bit addicted to, to keeping things up, up, up. So it's just looking at your life with fresh eyes and really finding that, how you can make the quality better by stepping back a bit.